Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow Up Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how Follow Up Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Lab Coach Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coach Agents Podcast. And we've got a good one today. This is going to be a fun conversation. And let me tell you why. We are bringing on a guest who is an expert at lead generation, working with investors specifically. And here's why I think this is so important. As we as we move away from this 2020 year and the pandemic, and you all know that a lot of our, our country is going to be, uh, there, there's going to be foreclosures. There's going to be issues. There are going to be people that, that are struggling. As you all know, it's still coming down that pike. And for you as real estate agents, to be able to develop relationships with investors could be a critical component to keeping your business very high or even taking it to other levels. And this gentleman today has done that at a very high level, grown his business from 80 million to 120 to 160 over the last few years in the Northern Virginia, DC area. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Craddock, which let me also say he's the founder and CEO of the Redux Group. He uh, has a platform called REI Revive, which we're going to talk about today. And he is a co-host of the podcast, Uncommon Real Estate. Once again, Chris Craddock, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really, I'm really excited to be here with you guys. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, you know, look, looking forward to digging in. I love it, man. And so, so we were just talking offline and, and, and I want you to go into kind of your background, but I want to mention this, that you know, when the pandemic started, because I think we're going to kind of talk about that today and why this investor niche of business is so important. And you were talking about all of your overhead going in, you know, your wife called you and you're like, Hey, about the country's about ready to shut down. And so I think I just want to kind of set that groundwork, right. And, and to let people know that like, this is the kind of stuff that you need to be thinking about because our business, it's cyclical and it shifts and it's like a roller coaster ride. And so adding these extra bullets in your gun, that's why today's episode is so important. But before we get into that, Chris, tell our audience about yourself, how you came up in the business and uh, you know how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just mentioned the, earlier this year, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, but um, I, I still remember there, there's one line in there that uh, has stuck out to me like crazy. They're like, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, which anybody in real estate is, you only know two experiences, two feelings, euphoria and straight terror. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's basically right. Well, so my story is this, you know, I got out of, I got out of college, graduated in 2000, you know, got married right out of college and was on staff with an organization called Young Life. And it was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was amazing. It was life-changing to me. But I made $20,000 a year. And if you know what it's like in the D.C. area, you cannot live on $20,000 a year very long. And so 2003, my wife got pregnant. And I went to the library and checked out every book on real estate investing because I was like, well, that's where you can make money. And actually, the crazy thing is in four months, I made 12 times what I made in a year. And 
was like, this is great. And so anyway, just kept doing ministry for a while. And then, you know, I've got six kids and man, I'll tell you, once we figured out what caused it, we can finally stop it. But, uh, you know, I got <laughs> with the six kids, anybody with kids knows it's like throwing all your money in a bathtub and somebody pulls the plug, it's just gone. And so around 2011, I got back into investing again and the world had changed after the, the cliff we fell off of in 2008. And so what I was doing to flip houses in 2003 was no longer available. So I, I realized it was short sales. So I started doing the exact same thing, flipping short sales. Well, then I got licensed because whenever you buy a short sale, the bank was going to pay an agent. So might as well be me instead of some other person that was just putting their name on it. And so I got licensed and then the bank changed the way that they, uh, the margins, it's, it's really not as lucrative to flip short sales anymore. Like it used to be. And so I started looking at like other options. I'm still doing, you know, ministry at the time, but uh, I had gone back to school. I'd always led large groups of people. And so I'd gone back to school and I got a master's and then I got a doctorate, doctorate in leadership. And so I think when I read Gary Keller's MREA book in uh, like 2013, it just started making sense. And then in uh, December, 2014, we launched our retail team. And then so yeah, since December 2014 to I guess 2020. In 2020, we we closed with about 160 million in volume, and you know just just running. It's been awesome. That's interesting, man. It's really it's the obvious segue from ministry to real estate, and I say that tongue in cheek, but yet I know a bunch of agents that have followed that same path. So it's interesting and pretty cool because uh, I think that. Uh, that background actually serves really well in, in, in a sales related industry. Yeah. Just serving people, helping people and uh, helping people make wise decisions. I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So now you, you kind of took the unconventional path. It wasn't real estate agent who decided to focus on investor. It was investor who said, just like a lot of investors, I'm going to get my license and basically double dip essentially. So you now shifted and have a really big real estate team. And so where is your focus today? Is your focus investing? Is your focus real estate with investors? Where is it today? Yeah. So it was interesting because I went to, (laughs) I mean, this is my story was like uh, when we really started growing big was right when we got to, I think in the second year, we did about 40 million in volume. And then the third year was the smallest jump we had. We went to 43 million. And I'll tell you, I was like, like working so much harder and, you know, clawing and scraping to try to get more. And I still remember when somebody, I I heard somebody say this to me, they said, if you really want to grow, you've got to change your mindset from you working really hard to get the next deal to you being the rainmaker and saying, okay, I need to find a place where I can get another five deals, another 10 deals, another 50 deals every time I find somebody. And so I thought to myself, who, where can I go to get deals? And I'm like, well, let's look at some of these bigger investor groups in here. And I still, I called one of the groups and they said to me, and I just said, hey, what are you doing with your dead leads? The ones you can't fix and flip, the ones you can't wholesale, all those, like, what are you doing with them? And they're like, well, we're giving them to some agent, but you know, they've only closed about six in the last thousand. And I was like, all right, well, that's, that's crazy. And they're like, but we've tried everything. This is like years and years. It's like totally back burner because we've tried it and it just, agents don't close these. And there, and there is a reason why nationwide, which is part of the class we teach, why agents aren't able to close those nationwide. And I was like, well, give them to me because I came from the investor background. I understand 
They're like, no, it's just not. And like, I just kept calling and calling. One of the like phrases in my life is persistence breaks resistance, right? So I just kept calling and calling and calling. Finally, one of the days, uh, one of the guys came back to me and said, all right, look, we'll send you 150 leads, see what happens with it. They sent me 150, literally 70 of them had already sold. 30 of them were out of area. So I had, I think I had like 40, like 40 leads. And I thought to myself, okay, if this other person with a thousand leads got six deals, I got to get, I got to get six deals with 40. And so like, I did everything, man. I like just like did everything to get the deals, like was relentless. And literally I got six, six listings signed up. I called him back and I was like, Hey, I got six listings signed up. And and literally the guy was like, are you kidding me? He's like, the leads I gave you were like from four years ago. He's like, I was just trying to get you to leave me alone. He's like, all right, come into the office. Let's talk. And like literally, uh, that was that was the start of our relationship there, and then we we built this thing out, and now like I've trained other people to build it out, and we've done this across the country, and it's it's just been really really awesome. So it's been fun. That's cool, man. So so l- let me ask you this. Let me digress for a second. When you talk about maybe go a little bit more granular on what you mean when you said this this company had all these leads, like so to kind of set the table for describe and then take it the next step. Where is it that an agent, if they're thinking to themselves, or they miss that? Like, where do I go find this? What is it I'm looking for? Yeah, sure. So, so here's what I've found with uh, real estate agents versus the investor world, and I'm I'm really tied in in both of them. And most people are one or the other. It's it's a, the two worlds should live together, but they really don't live together very well. But uh, yeah, so what what it is is these in, like investors are totally more open to to fixed costs than variable costs. Agents are more open to variable costs than fixed costs. And what I mean by that is investors are willing to just drop like 10 grand, 50 grand, whatever in a month for like lead generation, whether it's like you know, like texts or voicemail drops or direct mail or pay-per-click. And agents, they're willing to give up a massive amount of their commission, but they don't want to like write the big check up front and roll the dice. I don't know why that is, but I think that's why there's a big synergy that can happen there is these these investors, let's say I uh, I spend 10 grand, I find a house that and I'm a I'm a fix and flip or a wholesale investor, and I get I call you and I'm like, hey Jeff, I know your house is worth 300. What do you want for it? And you say to me, hey, I want 270 for it. No fix and flipper is going to buy that because after you pay closing costs and holding costs and everything else, there's not money there. But as an agent, like that's like you should be salivating at that because you know that there's no inventory. You list anything even remotely under market, you're going to get 450 offers on it, and boom. And so there's there's that that the reality is these fix and flip and these wholesale investors they just throw away those deals. They just put them in their their archive and don't do anything with them because somebody wants a, a number that doesn't work for them, and they're just going to wait until they get the one it's worth 300 as it sits. They're going to wait and get the one that they can get for 200 right now. And those are the ones that they're going after. All the other ones just sit and die on a bot. Interesting. Interesting. So what, where is it? Do you have any idea like where, when you say these investors are willing to buy these leads and just buying them by the hundreds and the thousands, where are they getting them from? Like, what are the criteria that the lead comes with? Like, what is it? They're generating the leads. They're they're creating the leads. They're whether it's direct mail or pay per click or we'll buy your house cash. I mean, we've seen them on like you listen to on the radio. You see it on the on TV. They're spending massive amounts of dollars to get those leads to to contact them to attract those leads. Even cold calling, you know, like uh, you know, I've got a 
a good buddy of mine that teaches uh, a cold calling class, TTP, talk to people. You know, that, that whole thing is just call and just getting yourself in front of people. Because we know, like, I mean, whether it's investing or whether it's agent stuff, to win is all activity and skill. Like, you can be a terrible salesperson. If you talk to a thousand people a day or you get in front of a thousand people a day, like, you're going to accidentally fall into deals, even if you suck as a salesperson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a numbers game. Yeah, I, I get it. So what do you think, before we kind of get into some some strategy, why do you think it is that so many agents just kind of, you know, turn their back on this? Because it's probably reality and it's like right in front of their face, just like investing, just as just an invest. A lot of agents don't do it. But why do you think real estate agents don't do this or don't go after this strategy? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I love what Grant Cardone says. Biggest problem with real estate agents is they don't buy their own product. Like they're, you know, real estate agents. I, I don't know. Like, like so often we want to do what everybody else is doing. Like that's, that's it. You're like, oh, well, everybody else is FISBO and, you know, expired. So that'll work. And, you know, the reality is that whole blue ocean idea, like where, where is there a lot of opportunity where there's not a massive amount of people in it? And I see it and I'm like, man, this is, this is just foolish, but so many people, they just don't want to deal with investors. They don't want to work with investors because a lot of times investors are a lot more, they're just, it's, they're just tend to be a different breed than, than the average agent. And, you know, the reality is if the agents were to really just say, okay, if I really believe that listings are, are something that I should go after, well, there's just a source of just a massive amount of listings right now. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's a, it, well, and so let's let's dive into it a little bit, and you know, let's go back to what you said, where they had fifteen hundred, and the the agent only converted six. You got one hundred and fifty, which was essentially forty, and you converted six. Besides the obvious, which is being relentless and persistent, what is it that you think caused you to succeed where others may ha- have not? Yeah, and this is this is the big problem with this is why most investors have. Like they just don't focus on it because all of them get the idea. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to create this, this uh, retail side of the business. And then it doesn't work. Well, the problem is investors treat the leads just like investors would. They're like, oh, well, just if you're going to sell, just talk to me. But here's the deal. Every single person knows 432 agents, right? <laughs> like, so they're calling an investor because they want certainty. If they want to work with an agent, they're going to work with an agent. So the whole deal is this, and this is the whole thing that we teach. Like you teach people how to approach these leads because they call in an, an agent for a reason. They want certainty, right? Like straight line selling, Jordan Belfort talks about that. Like they want certainty. That's why they're willing to take a reduced price. But the second you come back as an agent, they're like, well, that means people are coming into my house. That means I'm paying commissions. That means there's, there's a number of reasons why People don't want to work with an agent. So when you're able to, instead of treating it like an agent, you start treating these people differently. You start treating these people as people with a problem. Like you're a doctor and they have a a pain point that they're talking to you about and you're just solving their pain instead of being, you know, I'm going to open up my listing presentation and go through my presentation, square peg, round hole kind of thing. And uh, the second you talk about the MLS and all that other stuff, you're just a regular agent to them. And so that's why 
when you go in and you just solve people's problems, again, talk about like the ministry piece. That's what we did was, was help people look at your problems and, and like, how do you solve your problems? How do you, you stop living in this problem? And so that's, that's that whole thing there. You act like a doctor, you give a prescription. This is how you solve the problem. And when you do this, here's the best part about it. In our area, I believe that the average commission is 4.2%. Our average commission, now granted, we do a lot of flat fee listings for builders and for for builders and investors, but for our regular deals that aren't builder investor type deals, our average commission is over 6%. And I get 8 and 9% commissions regularly on these because of the fact that if, if you come in as an agent, they're going to talk to you about commissions because that is the script that, that people talk to with agents. If you come in as somebody that's solving their problem, then they want to talk about their bottom line number. Now, you can't do a net listing. So let me just put that out there. That's not what I'm talking about. But if somebody says, hey, I want 160000 for my house, or I want two hundred, dollars or I want 400000 for my house, whatever it is, when you can say, okay, through our process, you're going to make that and maybe a little bit more, and you know that you can put it on the market right away for 450000 I can just tack on a 7% commission. And obviously, anything above that, they're going to make more money, so you're not getting the net listing. But that's that whole deal is you're not having the commission conversation. You're asking, what do you want? How do I get you what you want? It's interesting. Yeah, I want to go back to that. But before we do, you mentioned something about when you're, when you're agent versus investor kind of mentality and identifying what the seller, the homeowner wants. So do you have something? Cause I don't, I, that's a first, I've been in the business 20 years. I've never heard somebody break it down that way. And I think Agent, like you said, square peg, round hole, marketing presentation. Here's my 25 point list of why you should choose me to sell your house. That's just how that's the way they're bred. Right. But what you're saying or what I what I interpreted was that as an agent, when you go to a listing presentation, it almost seems to me like they should, number one, identify what type of a seller they are. Which one do they want? Do they want the presentation? Do they want the bottom line? Which one is it? Do you is is that something that you teach, or is there a process for how an agent can help identify that early on so they know which tunnel to go yeah. down? I think our process will shift everybody's thought because because here's the deal: like even when you go in and meet with like a traditional seller, the reality is they've got a problem that they want solved, right? They've got an issue, so. Obviously, what we're talking about here is more of the investor type stuff, but even a traditional seller, if you can if you can stop focusing on this is our presentation, this is whatever, and and remember like the WIFM, you know, like what's in it for me? Like everybody is thinking that, and you walk in and say, What do you want? Like, what is what are your goals here? And here this was what changed for me was I realized I used to think everybody was like me and they just wanted the most money for their house, right? Like that's, if I'm selling my house, that's what I would care about. But then I found out over years and years, like over going through thousands of houses with people, all of a sudden you realize that that's not it. Like people don't all want the most money. There are some people that just want hassle-free and they're willing to take less money for it. I mean, I realized this when I bought my truck recently, I've traded in my old car and with my car, I was willing to trade it. I knew I would get more money on Craigslist, but I was like, I'll give up 2000, 2500 to not have people come over and test drive my car and like have to meet with them or whatever. I can just go in and just be like, boom, here it is. Now I got the new one. Like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, dang, 
people think that way about their house too. Yeah. Like they're willing to give up some less money for convenience. And I never believed that because my values were different from theirs. I want the most money for my house. And so when you understand that, then you can walk in when you're dealing with investors, you can walk in when you're dealing with regular retail people and say, I am here to solve your problem. What is it that you want? How do you want it done? And let's now craft something that is good for you. No longer square peg round hole. Do you suggest that that's actually a strategy that agents take? And I, and I think this is a nugget that we're stumbling upon, or I'm stumbling upon today with you, which is, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think that most agents just go in very presumptuous? You want max dollar and they don't even ask. They just go in, assume and run and they lose listings sometimes because the other agent might ask like, what's your goal here, Mr. or Mrs. Seller? And yep. if, if you just lead in with that, it, it can change the game because then you can shift. And, and as an agent, I'm assuming this is, this is a whole nother mindset, but I think most agents are taught old fashioned. You have a listing presentation, you go in and sell listing presentation. But what I'm hearing you say is you should really have multiple bullets in said gun. So that way you can pull one of them out. That's going to probably be the most effective with this seller. Do you agree with that kind of mindset? Hundred percent. If you think everybody wants the exact same thing, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Like that's it. And I've been an idiot. So let me just say that. Let me soften that blow a little bit. I've been an idiot before, but stop being an idiot, right? Like that's that's a uh, what is it? The Dwight Schrute thing. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you solved your own problem right there. I love it. I love it. And, and we're all learning as we go along. So let's go back to the commission piece, which I think is very eye opening. You know, I think we live in a world where, as you know, and I'm not afraid to say it because I'm not an agent, but I'm in the industry. There's a lot of weak salespeople in our industry. They're not salespeople. They got into real estate for different alternatives, which is freedom, right? Ooh, I can make a lot of money and not have to work, which we all know doesn't work that way. <laughs> but they're not good salespeople. So they're weak. So the, the second they get challenged, they drop their pants, so to speak. And so you flip the table here and you're like, ah, I command more because I can. And here's why. Do you think that that is, I guess if, if I'm an agent and I say to you, Chris, I want to do that. Was it as simple as the way you described it that, uh, you know, again, solving pain? Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Everything's hard before it's easy. And then once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like, and, and that's that crazy, crazy thing is like, I used to, because you talk to so many agents and you're like, this is your script. The reality is I, our team still has a script, but the script are asking, it's, it's more about questions. You're asking the questions. And then when they're giving you the answer, then you just, you, you deal with their answer. And, and sometimes people give you a smoke screen, right? They'll say, oh, I, I think this, but, but you know, that's not really it. So you just have to, you ask questions three deep. That's one of the things we say is, is, well, tell me more. Like, why do you want that? You know, somebody's like, I don't want to pay commission. Okay. Tell me more. Like, you don't want to pay commission. And then let them speak, right? And you know that's the Chris Voss. If you never read, uh, never split the difference. You know, you, you know, you don't want to pay commission. And you just and, and you, you just, you just ask the question. You ask it back. Yeah, and, and then and then you realize they don't want to pay commission because they think it's going to hurt their bottom line. So then you, if you can show them that you you find out what they want, and then you help them get what they want, then commission doesn't matter, right? Like so that's that whole thing. But but again. 
I, you know, there's another book. And as you can tell, like I, I've got so many mentors that I've never met. It's, there's a book called Pitch Anything, which is is really, really good. And he talks about these power frames that they get into. So once they once you get into an argument with them where they say, I never I don't want to pay commission. And then you argue, well, I mean, you're not really going to make less. I'm going to be able to make you more. Like once you get into that argument, it's like who wants to admit they're wrong? They're never going to admit they're wrong. You just start asking the questions like early on and then you address it. So um, let's talk about the commission question. Like, so you want 300,000 for your house, right? Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. And, and then, you know, you just say, all right, our system will will net you 300,000, maybe even a little bit more right now. And then, then you're not talking about the commission. Well, what do I have to pay you for commission? You know what? Don't worry about that. We're going to get the buyer to pay for that. We'll tack it on but you're going to walk away with your 300,000, maybe a little bit more when we put it on the market. So then you're not actually dealing with that, that you're dealing with what they want, not with their set objections. So as long as you're helping people get what they want, then you can push these objections aside and be able to say, this is how you get what you want. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And I, I, the way I would sum that up is, is if you're listening to this, focus on the net, focus on the net result for the, the seller and the commission conversation becomes easy if even if it even exists at all. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And and this was not our intended intended path here, but it's interesting. And I think a lot of agents will find it fascinating because again, I'm calling you agents out. Like there's five percent that that really take this seriously and consider themselves different. Are you in that five percent? On the rest, it's 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 a glorified hobby. And and um you know, it is what it is. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but uh, let's. I feel like I've been bunny trailing so yeah. much. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I know we're like going off. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, it's value. At the end of the day, I want to bring value to our audience, and that's what we're doing. So I appreciate that. Okay. So let's talk about, let's go back to this investor piece because I mentioned it at the very beginning and, and why it's so important because there are so many homeowners that are probably going to end up losing their home. You know, at the end of the day, when the government stops uh, helping, at the end of the day, there's going to be people that lose their home because this pandemic is is going to be life-changing. It's going to shift their life for the rest of their lives. It's not like us in real estate where we're very fortunate. And it's been a phenomenal year for those who took advantage of that opportunity. So we're trying to create another a pillar, another pillar, another revenue stream, not necessarily supplant what you're already doing, but add to it. And so somebody's listening saying, I really thought about it or yes, I 100% want to start working with investors and clearly this guy's got it figured out. Where do we go? Where do we start? Yeah. So my website, chriscravit.com, you can reach out. We'll uh, be happy to just have a consult on that. The main system for our class is teaching investors how to partner with agents, but happy to work backwards like I did and help you go the other the other way. Bottom line is, if this is what you want to do, you, you just need to find, you need to find the people that have the leads. You know, if you want more listings, you need to find these, you know, you hunt where the ducks are. Where are the ducks? And these are people that are generating massive amounts of leads. So you got to find them, talk to them, but then you have to have a compelling argument because like most of them don't, they want to stay focused. They want to do what they're doing. So when you can help them understand their revenue stream that, you know, they're going to make a lot of money if they work with you, then all of a sudden they're willing to listen, you know, what's in it for me, you know, with them always. Mm -hmm. And, and then here's the other side is, and, and this is what we're seeing with a lot of our clients. So, so what we're seeing is these investors go find these agents, then they're giving them 
five to eight listing appointments a week. And it's breaking their system because like literally every time your business grows, your system will break and you'll have to reinvent it. And that's why it's so important for us to be learning and to be around other people that can mentor us, can walk us through it. Like I said, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So you get somebody that has seen it and then have them help walk you through that process so that they can help you say, okay, now that you have so many listings, you've got to, you've got to be able to follow up with these listings. Okay. Now, how do you get leverage so that once you have 10 listings, you're not going to be able to deal with every agent, every home inspection, every, like, how do you get leverage there? You know, like each, each piece needs a new step so that you can continue to grow. So when it comes to building a relationship with an investor, a rehabber, a wholesaler, how do you suggest that begin? Like what, what's the advice you would give to somebody? And, and, and mind you, I don't expect you to go super deep here. We, we're going to mention it again at the end. Like you do coach on this stuff, but, you know, give some nuggets here. Like what, what, is, what is it that you would suggest to someone? Like they don't even know where to find them other than maybe investment clubs, which really aren't meeting now. So where do you find them? Yeah. So what what I would do, yeah. So, I mean, literally you just Google uh, or, or go to Facebook and write investor network, St. Louis, right? Investor network, DC area, investment. You just, just type in things like that and you'll find that there's all these investor pages throughout. And then you can just, boom, start networking, start reaching out. And, and when you do, you just got to remember that all of these people they're focused on what they're like. So one of the things I think is, is really important to be a good salesperson is be able to put yourself in their shoes so they understand. So they're just as busy as you are. You're busy, right? Like every single one of us, like our days are full, right? They, like there's not many people that say, oh, I've got hours and hours of extra time, right? So their days are full. So when somebody comes and wants to add or insert themselves into your day, it has got to be a compelling argument. So when you reach out to somebody, you need to be able to say something like, hey, I know that you've got tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we, we go through some of the scripting of this in the class, but how great would it be if every time your phone rang with a, a motivated seller, you could get paid on that, right? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty compelling argument because right now they're getting paid on like maybe 10% of the time that their phone is ringing with a, with a motivated seller, right? So you've got to be able to just speak to their interests right? You're already paying all that money. How great would it be if what you are already spending paid for all of your marketing and zero-based it and it didn't take any time out of your, any extra time, you were able to just hand that off and, and get that done. And then the response is, oh, we've already got an agent we're working with. And then again, you ask 3D, well, how's that working for you? How many, how many deals did you close last year? And literally the most I've ever seen other than our organization was maybe like 25 deals. Like, like we just don't see that very often. 25 deals is a lot, right? In a, in a normal world. And then you can just use our, our team for an example. You know, heck, if you, could, if you could triple that, quadruple that, you're not paying any more for that. How great would that be if you, you had an extra 100 grand to your bottom line next year, 200 grand to your bottom line next year? What would that do to your business if you had that in there. So those are some of those questions that you, that, that's kind of where the conversation goes. It's not like a one, two, three, but, but hopefully you see the, the cadence of that conversation. People are going to say, no, don't want to talk. And then you're asking, you ask another question. Okay. Well, why don't you want to talk? Like, is, is this something that you're doing, doing well? Yeah. We're happy with what we're doing. Okay. Why are you happy with it? Are you making, are you making six figures already with, with the leads that you're doing nothing with? 
No. Well, would it be interesting? Would you be interested in a conversation if you could? Well, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. think about role reversal for a second. It's it, it and also solving their pain. I mean, so let me ask you this: because I think a lot of people listening maybe don't do this or don't attack this. What's what's some of the the normal conversations? You know, I, I think the word that I'm looking for here is differentiation. Like, how do you differentiate yourself when you pick up? You get into the group, easy to do. You can find the, the investors, the you know the the rehabbers, the wholesalers, and whatnot. But what do most agents do? Like, well, give me a few examples of what the mistake they're making and they're just kind of, you know, following the herd versus what you are advising to do, which is solve a problem. When talking to investors? Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, the, the, the main problem is people are just saying, hey, I can, I can do this for you. And then you're just like, you're an Uber driver. It's the same problem. And, and again, when we're coaching like regular retail agents, it's the same thing. There's no value proposition. I can do this for you. And they're like, well, we've already tried. We've already worked with another agent. So you've got to go in. And that's one of the values of our coaching system is you can like stories sell, right? So you can just say, hey, look, I mean, just in the last week alone, our network has closed 14 of these, these listings. Just use my team alone, right? Like, you know, not, not including all the other coaching clients we have. 14 of these listings. How many have you guys closed in the last six months? Oh, three. All right. Well, if we close 14 in the last week and you've closed three in the last six months, would it be worth having a conversation? So that that's that, that whole question. You've got to open their eyes and, and help them see bigger because most of the time it's just like they've got they had these big dreams. Okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna list a thousand of these properties. And then all of a sudden, you know, like it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. They try a new agent, doesn't happen, doesn't happen. And they're like, oh, whatever, it's just not worth my time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we also have talked about, and obviously this is to find the wholesaler or, or, or the rehabber, right? But what about identifying someone who is in a distressed situation or somebody who needs to sell? How do you identify that? How do you find that? Because obviously that's kind of like a swim upstream kind of mentality to building these relationships. So so what what is a, what do you guys do in that situation? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a there's a number of things, you know, for us, people that are going to foreclosure, which the foreclosure moratorium is about to be lifted. So we've reached out to people that are going to foreclosure for years, people that are behind, you can buy late lists, people that are landlords are likely to sell. I mean, heck, two years after I bought my first investment property, I probably would have sold if somebody would have called me at that time after the HVAC went out, the hot water heater went out, the when the HVAC went out it or the hot water went out, it it blew up the the basement flooring, like every, like the main sewer pipe had to be replaced. So like you catch these people that are just like tired of dealing with it. And you just say, Hey, I can solve your problem. And people are like, okay, I'm done. And then, uh, you know, and that's, that's the whole thing. So, so those are some of the people high, high equity folks are, are oftentimes more likely to sell than non. So yeah, that, that's it. You know, you look for the, the analytics of, of who is most likely to sell and then you you go after it. One of the easiest ways, uh, they call it driving for dollars. You just drive through neighborhoods, right? And you look for the house that's the most beat up house in the neighborhood. And then you you just do a, a search for their name and phone number. You get their number, you reach out to them, you write a letter and put it on their door. And uh, that's probably the easiest and the cheapest way to uh, to get it. You just drive drive different ways home every every day and just look for houses that are beat up and just write down the address. And then, uh, and I've got a couple questions, but so that when you do that, and we've actually had a guest on who built their business on that and do the same thing now, when you do that, let's just say 
uh, effectively and somebody's like, yeah, you know, I really do need to sell. What is then the strategy from there? Obviously, as the real estate agent, you're going to help them sell it. You're going to find their net and you're going to, you know, work the data. But then are you also on the other side of it, finding the right rehabber to make that connection to? Is that, is that a part of the, is that a part of the equation? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, that's one of the biggest things is, so if I were to ask you, Jeff, if I were to say to you, you know, I've got this phone worth probably about a thousand bucks here and, you know, it's in, in, in great shape, pretty new. If I were to say, Hey, Jeff, do you want to buy this phone? I'll, I'll sell it to you for 150 bucks, right? It's, it's close to brand new. Do you have a phone? Yes. Yes. You need a phone? <laughs> uh, sure. I'll take another one. Yeah. Right, right, right. If I were to offer you this for 150 bucks, would you buy it? Well, what what uh, what generation is it? I need to know what uh, it's an iPhone. Like basically, <laughs> you know, it's one one year old, like uh, one generation old, right? Like so, yeah, it it, it would sell right now between 800 and 1,000 bucks online. Would you yeah. buy it for 150 bucks right now? Deal done. Yeah. So here's the deal: you find the deal, the buyers show up. Like literally, anybody that and I'll just say this to anybody listening to this: if you find a deal and then struggle with a buyer, if it's a real deal, I'm talking about a screamer deal, which which you will find where somebody says. Hey, I've got this house. It's worth 300 as it sits. And these people are willing to sell it for, for 180 right now. Like, and you don't have the cash. You don't have a buyer. Call me, look me up. I will buy it with you. Like, and I'm telling you, there's probably about 4,000 other people that will say the same thing. Yeah. Like if you have the deal, the buyer will show up. Like, just like you, you don't need a phone, but heck, if I were to sell you this phone and you know, you could sell it tomorrow for $500, $600 more than what I just sold it to you for you probably would buy the phone from me, right? Like, yeah, so but, but so you might have the deal, but how do you get the word out? How do you get those people to show up? What's the best way to do that? Get into those investment groups and just put a post out? What, what do you do? Put a post out. Um, here, I mean, here's the deal. Like literally right now, people have more dollars than they have cents. If I have a deal in, let's just say the Greenbrier neighborhood where the average house is selling between five and 600,000. And I were to post on Facebook, hey, I've got a property and like I've got, however many people like friends in my, my area, I have a property in Greenbrier that's off market. And they said that they'll sell it for 300. And I just said, Hey, I've got a property in Greenbrier that's worth 500 right now or 400 right now, whatever it is that, that I can put on the market or whatever, I'll sell it for 350. Anybody interested? And I literally just post that on Facebook. I promise you, I get 400 responses on Facebook and then I grow my buyers list. I was just who's yeah. looking and, and everything else. And literally we double in so many deals because we just put the deals out there. And then literally my friend, John will, will tag a friend who's looking to buy a house. And then all of a sudden I get another retail buyer. who's not going to buy that because he doesn't want something that's beat up. But all of a sudden I, now I'm in touch with his, his friend. So it's just this business begets business. When you find deals, it just creates a massive opportunity outside of that. You just bring up a good point too, though. And and I hope most agents know this, but if you've never thought like that, like, let's just say you have that opportunity. You you can literally like raise a finger and sell the house, but before you do it, use it as an opportunity to grow a buyer's list. Because like you just said, of those 400 people, now you just, you're going to end up procuring how many other buyers that are like, didn't, you didn't realize they were even a buyer. And now you can pull them into the game. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, we do we do an investor seminar every other month. And it's so funny because every single investor seminar, people come in, and especially like younger, like millennials will come in and be like, I want to flip houses. I want to do HGTV stuff, whatever. And one of the first things we talk about is buy your own house because the government incentivizes you. They give you great rates. They give you like a discount to, to buy your own personal residence. 
And I'm like, that's the first investment you should make because it's the easiest. And then you rent out other rooms and live there for free, house hack, whatever. And uh, literally every single investor seminar, we walk away with like a, a person that's buying their own first house instead of buying some sort of investment or trying to flip or whatever. So like, that's that whole thing is like, like the more you just put stuff out there, the more you realize like, just like people need to buy houses and like literally then, then they'll all tell their friends, Oh my gosh, they helped me create a strategy to, to house. Anyway, rabbit trail. Sorry. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. So la- last question before we wrap up and then I want to, you know, make sure our audience knows how to get a hold of you is you mentioned lists and, you know, people that get are getting behind on their mortgage or in foreclosure or, or even forbearance, maybe. Do you have any go-tos? Like where do you recommend they go for that? I know there's a million resources, but do you have a go-to that you recommend? You know, they can reach out. There's an organization called PropStream that, that is great. There's a um, land voice you, and you can reach out and I like, I've got discount codes that I can get to people on all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, all, like land voice, prop stream, cold data has some stuff. They're not as into like the, the lates and stuff, but you, you can get some of this stuff from cold realty data. So yeah, those are some of the easy ones. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned it once already, chriscraddock.com. I'm going to spell that for our audience. It's Chris, C-H-R-I-S, but Craddock is spelled C-R-A-D-D as in dog, O-C-K.com. That actually kind of covers two play, two things there. Where else? If somebody wants to get a hold of you, what is the best? If they just want to reach out to you directly, what's the best way to do it? Is it a DM? Is it, is it, is it email? Is it phone? What is it? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Craddock, C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. That's my Instagram handle. Follow me there. Send me a DM. I'm also pretty active. We've got a Facebook group, Uncommon Real Estate. The idea of being uncommon, you know, I'm pretty active in there. So, you know, if anybody wants to reach out or has any questions and wants me to talk about it, just join that group and uh, post that you'd like me to talk about any of these things we talked about here. I know everything. I feel like I rabbit trailed so much and all these things we probably could have gone in for like, you know, a long, long time. So if you want me to talk about any of those, just post in there and I'll, I'll do a... Uh, I'll do a live or do a, just go deeper on it. I love it. And, and, you know, I think I've, I've seen you post into lab coats before. So I, you know, I think some of our audience has probably seen you before I've seen your videos. And so it sounds to me like you're most active in either the Facebook group, which is the uncommon real estate or on Instagram. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's easy. Way to awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Chris, this has been uh, fantastic. Go check out chriscraddock.com. You know, if again, if you're looking for different strategies, you know, we don't know what 2021 is going to hold. We think it's going to be good, but you know, the minute rates jump over 4%, it's going to change everything and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. So are you prepared for it? And uh, it's, it's uh, guests like this that uh, help you find new strategies to keep yourself cranking. So Chris, thank you so so very much for being on today. And uh, it was great to get to know you and uh, hopefully we stay in touch. It's a lot of fun, brother. Thanks. Lab Coat Nation. Don't forget, every Thursday we are adding episodes dedicated to helping you grow your business with social media. We call it Drunk on Social. And our goal is to help you stay ahead of social media trends and get the latest news and strategies that are working for other agents. Tune in this Thursday and let us know what you think. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform 
also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Agents Podcast.